Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ray, and welcome to the RayWendelik.com podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here are your hosts, Drew Freeman and Nishant Trivasta. Thanks, Ray. This is the Ray Wenderlich podcast. Welcome to episode two for season 11. Now, this episode was recorded on Saturday, the 5th of December, 2020, for release on the 23rd of December. This episode is sponsored by the language Perl and the number E. I'm Drew Freeman with my inquisitive co-host, Nishant Srivasta. Thanks, Drew. In this episode, we continue our quest for picking up gems from the book, Living by the Code, and talk with Lara Martin, who is the, a mobile developer based in Berlin, working as an Android developer for Blinkist and is also a Flutter GD. She likes to focus on making apps uh, accessible. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here with you both. And I'm glad I, I mentioned it just before we started recording. It's wonderful to have another podcast host on the show because you know what it's <laughs> like to just sit in front of a microphone and pray that what comes out is 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 going to be valuable to people. So I'm really thrilled to to have you join us. Why don't, why don't we just start out and have you talk about your podcast show? Sure. So I do uh, co-host a podcast with two friends, with my husband and a friend, and it's called Code Cafeteria. We talk about tech, uh, games, anything that comes up for us. And yeah, normally we we are both um, all the the three of us talking. We sometimes had um, uh, someone invited to talk more about something specific that we discussed together, but it's usually run um, by um, us three. Although right now we are taking a break because of personal um, issues and yeah, time constraints, let's say. Oh, and, and of course, you've also probably got uh, stay at home and it's hard to keep everybody in the loop about things. How are you weathering through, uh, through, the, uh, through the COVID disaster? Yeah, I mean going um i'm <laughs> fine my family is fine i i'm grateful that i can work from home and we are all fine and and we we do yeah we we can work from home uh we can um order everything online so so far good still a lot of um it, it's it's hard on on your mind but the daily life for us it's it's very similar to what we had before. We like to be home and we like to do things here. So it doesn't change that much. So, so what, is, what is fun for home? What, 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 what do you like to do, especially when you're not on a keyboard? Anything that is related to art crafts. For example, I tried cross-stitching. I'm trying um, also watercolors again. Um, now that I can afford good paper, I am <laughs> trying again with watercolors. Today, actually, this morning, I went to the art art shop and I bought wash, which is another type of paint. Um, yeah, I like to do sketch noting and pen um, pens in general. Anything that it's um, do it yourself, basically. I, I surprisingly do cross stitch myself. I've been working on a cross stitch project for my girlfriend for far too long. I'm very slow at it because I just don't give myself enough time to work on it. Yeah. But, um, have you ever done anything by Teresa Wensler? No, no. Oh my God. She, she's one of these people who takes two different colors 
and blends them together so that you get no. three different. So you wind up getting like five different colors of brown that she then combines into 10 or 12 more. And you get that sort of cross-stitch painting effect. Mm. But it's, it's maddening to do them. No, I, I'm, I'm basic on that. <laughs> I buy the colors I need that my pattern says, <laughs> and I do that. But I, I really like to do cross-stitching while listening to podcasts. Ooh. And it's the perfect combination, actually. You know, that, that, that makes me think I should try that. I, I, mm. I tend to do other things, but that would be... Sometimes some of the podcasts I listen to are tech, uh, are, are like uh, tech sampler type things. So I'm actually trying mm. to follow along with the code. But there are other ones I listen to for enjoyment. I may have to try that. Yeah, you will find that uh, you can do a lot of things while listening podcasts. Uh, you could do cross stitch while listening to this podcast, for example. <laughs> I listen to this <laughs> podcast too many times in editing it. <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's talk about work. Lara, you have been working for Blinklist as an Android developer, right? And then you have been doing a um, couple of things around Android for some time now. Could you just like give us a rundown around what you have been covering or like what you have been trying to do at Blinklist? So my role at Blinklist has been since I joined almost it's going to be soon 2 years has been, um, I've been and I am in the growth team, conversion team. So what we are trying to do is a bunch of different things in order to gather more users and, and convert them. So um, basically um, have them as customers, paying customers, right? Um, and I've been doing lots of A-B tests uh, in different kind of features and, and trying to convince a user, explaining better the product. And it's a lot of um, coming up with different ideas and um, try this, try that, and try again in, in a different way. And it's been very interesting to, to learn all of that. But also I worked for, I think, several months in, um, we were, gonna launch audiobooks in the app so we had to introduce audiobooks and and since i was in the conversion team we um had to do all the payments for the audiobook so i learned a lot of um how to uh, use the android play billing library and yeah how difficult that is actually <laughs> and how how much work there's behind just a single button that says purchase or buy this audiobook, you know? It's a lot of work. So far, I'm in the conversion team. I'm, I'm not planning changing, um, but I, we <laughs> do have the learning team. Uh, we have also the, what's um, the team dedicated to the, the player, the, the experience, um, and yeah. Could you also give us a little bit of a rundown around uh, how Android development has actually impacted your life? Because uh, I think um, you moved into Android after some time, right? Yes. So I would say that it changed my life. Um, and and that, is, that is the truth. I never thought that I didn't understand why people will have some kind of passion and work on that thing 
and always talk about that thing. I, I saw it from on, on people that, um, um, for example, work in, in academia when um, after doing the biology degree, for example, I studied biology and at university. So I had friends like, well, yeah, I'm gonna work on this. And they did the PhD and then continued. I didn't understand why people would do that. <laughs> and it, it wasn't until I found Android development. I, I found programming before and I tried a bunch of things, but it was Android the thing that it, that it made it for me. Like it, it, you know, it, it, I don't know how to explain. It just, it was for me. I just love it, loved it. And I still love it, of course. And I'm, I'm happy to work on that. It gave me a job as actually <laughs> as well. Um, of course, before, um, starting as under developer, I was, I worked as a QA, like when I entered tech, but before that I struggled with what I'm going to do. I studied biology. I don't like it. Um, what am I going to work as? Was it difficult to walk away from six years of education? I mean, you have the of bachelor's, course. you have the master's. Was there any kind of uh, tenuousness? Very, very difficult, very difficult. Um, there's a taboo, at least in my country. Um, my, my grandpa still asked me, I think last year, when are you going to work in your thing? And for him, your thing, my thing should be biology, what I studied at college, right? And people don't get it that, well, you studied something, but well, it wasn't for you or it wasn't enough or it, or it was, but you could not find anything uh, mm -hmm. or any job. So, and, and it's fine. Life changes, people change, right? But it was difficult. But inevitably it just came down to the flame wasn't there. You really just didn't have the passion behind it. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. And, and, and I'm grateful that I found Android for, you know, I tried many things and it just happened to be there when I needed it. And yeah. So it, it changed my life. Um, it gave me like a purpose, let's say. I, I, I'm happy to, to go to work or to um, work every day and then change things. And I met so many people. For example, Nishan, we, you, we met in, in meetups, <laughs> conferences. Like I yeah. met many people and I, that I still talk to that became my friends. Um, I'm learning every day something. I love learning. <laughs> it's one of my weaknesses because I like <laughs> learning about anything. I also have an impact. I am building part of an app. I'm, I'm contributing into a product that people use. And, mm -hmm. and, and I have this power of creating things that can help people. And, and, and I want to help people. And, and I'm lucky that I'm working now in a product that I also use. So it's like, I'm also <laughs> getting something um, and it's wonderful. You're one of the users. That's, that's the best part. You're one of the users, right? So yes. you, have, you feel the impact yourself. Yes, I didn't have it that before in my previous gigs, but in this one, it's like, I use this app and yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it makes me happy.
And you said learning is a weakness. You, learning is never a weakness. <laughs> learning is truly a strength. Yeah. So I know that you champion for junior developers because it's very hard for them to find their way into the field. Can you mm. talk about your your experience when you were a junior and how you got in that first contact, how you got into that first position? That was difficult, of course. I The, the first week I started working as a um, quality assurance in a company. I was in a, in a mobile team. I was working with people that were developing Android and iOS apps. The same week I started going to a, a meetup in Berlin where they were gonna teach Android development for beginners. That's how I got in contact with Android. And while I was working as QA and doing my full-time job, I was going, I think it was once every two weeks to this meetup learning, then weekends at home trying out things. And with time, I started learning more, doing courses, learning more. And it became like all my free time was learning Android because I found what I wanted to do, but I didn't know I could do it. You know, I had to surround myself with people. A lot of people that I met in these meetups that were helping, that were Android developers, they, they helped me to, to see that, yes, I can do this. If I learn and I want to do it, I can do it. And it kept me going, right? And at some point I, I told my, my manager, yes, well, in six months, I hope I can switch to Android or, you know, next year. Um, I, I, I started to talk to some of my colleagues just a little bit because not everyone was very welcoming. Some were very excited to talk with me about some Android bits and give me feedback. Others were not very happy, I guess. Um, that's where gatekeeping showed for me. Um, because of course I didn't, I don't have a C, um, computer science degree, right? It's fine, you are learning, and, but that doesn't mean you're gonna get a job or you will do something with this. And what I did is just to talk about this specific thing with the people that were nice to me, right? I don't have to share everything I'm doing. So I chose to just share it with anyone that was happy to, to, to help me. And, and just, you can help me just by say, oh, it's fine. It's good. Uh, you're, I don't know, um, great. And, and, and I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> with, the, with the gatekeeping that you faced, did you feel that your being a woman in the industry also present, presented uh, issues along the way? Or did you, were you lucky enough that that wasn't one of the things that you were, you were fighting against? Mm. I think it was a bit of, yeah, a bit of everything. Um, yeah. In the end, I was the only woman in that room in my <laughs> with oh, my team. Um, yeah, so it, that's always the thought. But um, in the end, most of the people were welcoming. 
Of course, I had some incidents where people joked and and someone joked and yeah, um, yeah. But I think it um, the experience I got were mostly jealousy. I would say like or mm-hmm. not understanding how someone just by learning by themselves could achieve that and and get the role. But I just kept learning. And just learning, yeah, I, I don't care what people say, I will just try. But of course, I, I was lucky to have my husband uh, as a coach, as someone that would tell me, uh, will ask me if I was um, doing my, my homework, how, <laughs> when were the deadlines and uh, who was uh, taking care of my home, our home and cooking while I was learning. So I had someone that was pushing me to, or helping me learning, right? Give me, giving me the environment to learn. And, and I kept just doing that and surrounding myself with people that were in my same situation, actually. People that were in these meetups as well. I'm I'm happy to see that the the lack of computer science degree is not the the wall that it used to be. It, it used to be that if you mm-hmm. didn't have the computer science degree, people would ask you why you were in the industry. And I was one of the the early uh, people who dealt with that, having actually studied theater in college and self-taught myself computers and left because the degree just wasn't going to happen. So I didn't have the computer science degree. I didn't have the degree at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I fought that, that uphill battle and mm-hmm. I, I can recognize anyone else who does. And, and I think that's a, an amazing thing. You commented that you have a lot of uh, successful female developers who have inspired you as well. I think you mentioned uh, Stacy Devino and Chuki Khan, Chuki Chan, who we fortunately mm-hmm. had on the show back in season nine. A great episode we did with her. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we we will add you to the list of very inspirational women developers as well. And you, well, you you mentioned that in learning part of that that bonus is then giving it back, and you have also been. Uh, teaching and giving sessions as well. By being the beginner and being the junior, I I've seen how difficult it is to to teach someone something. How important it is to have good communication skills, and and this is something that not everyone has, but everyone can build. And I also wanted to. Besides giving back to the community, because I received a lot when I started, I also want to help people to see, hey, I was in your same situation and I'm now here. I'm also working as a developer and and you can do it and and help them um, with any struggles and, and being open. I don't have, I don't, I'm not gonna be jealous or gatekeeping anyone, I'm going to be, yes, what's, what do you want to achieve? Okay, let's see, you know, and that's something I, I enjoy a lot. And sometimes people 
only need a little bit of understanding, being understood and talk to someone and yeah, have a bit of a coach. They don't need a teacher, let's say. So that's what I'm trying to do. Well, Lara, you also touch upon uh, these topics where you're mentioning that um, you uh, teach people, you're trying to maybe coach some of these uh, upcoming developers. Do you have uh, more of like these suggestions that maybe uh, these upcoming developers would benefit mm -hmm. from um, when they are trying to maybe switch into the IT industry or maybe they are basically struggling in doing so, right? Yes, many. Um, I would say find a coach and a coach doesn't have to be a teacher. It can be your mom, your dad, your best friend, your, your sister, your, your partner, someone that will ask you sometimes like, oh, or help you like ask, ask you those questions about, do, um, do you have any projects to do or, um, any, um, deadlines and, and, you know, to keep you accountable and. Also, you can, I, I would suggest everyone to find people that are in the same situation. Like, for example, me, I want to learn Android, let's say, or anything. And I'm going to a meetup and meet people, talk to people. You will find people that are in the same situation as you. And you can understand each other and help each other and, and, and be the coaches for, for each other, for example. Um, Patience as well, um, a lot of patience um, because you will find, yeah, um, many situations that are not uh, maybe what you expect and, and, and it's, it's a learning um, process for everyone. Um, have patience and I, I would say always uh, find the community for the technology or whatever you are learning, um, you will find, I hope, but in every community, I hope you will find nice people, nice people were, that are sharing, um, that are um, helpful as well, open, welcoming, and yeah, and I guess something else would be, don't fake it. <laughs> um, be yourself, be honest. I mean, um, don't, but don't fake it. Don't, um, as I said, patience is, is important um, because you just started learning one month. Um, it's, you're not gonna get a job the next month. Be patient and, and, and also don't fake it. And, and yeah, but just don't give up. That's something I, I thought of doing several, several times. But uh, luckily, my husband helped me a lot in, in, in the process to not give up until I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's good to know. Uh, I noticed you also wrote a blog post uh, about how you did um, go through your first steps uh, when getting into the IT field, right? Yeah. There was something that you wrote about it. Yes, I, I wrote uh, it, this blog post um, thinking, yeah, so... I wanted to help anyone that were in the same situation, right? And because I, I was, before I did the transition, I also was looking for those stories out, out there. And I remember reading a story uh, about a woman that studied biotechnology and worked in that field. 
moved to Berlin, also worked in that field, and then switch, started learning development, iOS development, and became an iOS developer. And I saw her as someone I could relate, and you know that inspired me. So and 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 I found that I don't know how. I guess I I googled something like woman biology technology i don't know development i don't know how i came through um that blog post but it i still remember that blog post you were meant to find it glad glad you found it yeah glad you found it because uh, now we have you in the in the android dev community which is which is awesome <laughs> so i was going to touch up on the uh, part that uh, a lot of these um, upcoming developers also need to be employing some sort of like learning techniques right and yeah. i was thinking more on the sense uh, that you could explain to our listeners what those techniques could be which they could approach or that would help them maybe move forward uh, in their in their path yes so i learned that different media types were for different people different people need to learn different ways i for example like to learn with video courses and having some sort of challenges projects and deadlines so i have to do something for a deadline that's very important for me otherwise i will procrastinate and that's how i am <laughs> and so that's that's what worked for me um learning android for example but it depends on on how you like to learn it can be with youtube videos there are people creating content and teaching how to do different things in live or in videos you can read blog posts you can do hands-on workshops with people in rooms or when we can do that again um you can also create pet projects and try to build stuff yourself um but i will always recommend to collaborate with people somehow um it it helps a lot you learn faster actually i learned um and it can be a group of friends it can be a group of at work for example i i remember in my previous company we had a group to learn different cross platform uh frameworks and we started with react native and we were all together you know <laughs> trying to learn um it can be meetups how did you enjoy Re- react native <laughs> so to be honest i could not try it because i started with the setup and i remember doing the setup and downloading things from npm and things didn't work and there were people in the group saying oh no you have to install things in another way so it was a struggle to make it work and in the end i gave up and the the group also dissolved because no one was going so yeah <laughs> that was my only experience with react native so another thing i guess in in learning and possibly ways of learning is to be okay with the fact that you're not going to necessarily grasp everything. Of course, yeah. Not not get discouraged over things like that. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's difficult to accept that you might not understand everything. But yeah, in the end um you you're going to understand, you're going to learn something. 
And maybe tomorrow, once you go through that again, you learn something new that you didn't see the day before. You know, it, it's a process. So in the end, we have to to be honest with ourselves and say, hey, I'm not a genius or, you know, um, I need time and, and my brain just needs a little bit of time. And I don't have to grasp everything today or in a year. And we cannot know everything. I wish, I wish <laughs> it would make my life easier. But yeah, I guess you have to be content with your capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> Let's also take a look at, uh, because you mentioned that you tried React Native and then there's like a couple of mm -hmm. other frameworks that probably we can also take a look at. Some of the stuff that I found out when I was trying to go through your profile and the other things is that you are also a Flutter GD. Um, mm -hmm. And I noticed that you have been working with Flutter. So for our listeners, maybe you could talk a little bit about what you have been doing and exactly like what maybe you could also give a very small description around what Flutter is also. Yes, so Flutter is a UI framework um, that is meant to work multi-platform in, in, in um, iOS, Android, web, um, desktop. And then the why I came to Flutter by just recently like four years and a half starting with Android. Why? It was because of um, this group uh, for learning multi-platform um, frameworks that we had at work in my previous company. Uh, we started with the React, React Native. And then the same, in the same month, uh, we learned that Google wanted to create workshops, study jams or study groups to learn Flutter. And we said, oh, let's let's have a look at Flutter all together. And that's what we did. And then I found that I just had my full first year working as an Android developer. And I thought of, why am I gonna learn something new now? But I just, want, I just wanted to try it out, you know, and it became for me um, something uh, that I could teach to others. I found it to learn uh, the learning curve um, very, how would you say, uh, f not difficult, um, flat. Um, I don't like to say easy, but it was, it was um, more simple. Not too steep. Little yeah. yes. very very progressive. It built on itself very easily. Yes, yes. Um, I I found it I, that I could build things just very fast myself, and it was easy to learn for me compared to how difficult I found Android in the beginning, right? And and that's how became. Um, very addicted to, to Flutter actually. And we together at work um, started a study group as well to teach other people. And, and there I saw the power of Flutter, like how um, people coming from different backgrounds, designers, iOS developers, Android developers, web developers could build apps <laughs> all together, <laughs> right? And it, it gave me this power of 
I can give back to the community. I'm learning myself as well, like all together. I'm just guiding a little bit. And yeah, I, I saw, um, yeah, I, 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 like, I like to say how the, um, the people's faces were, were sparkling when learning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the interesting part. Um, considering that uh, you obviously tried some new technology, how do you would compare this, uh, that did it help you in your existing uh, Android career itself? Or was it like um, it gave you some sort of a boost or something? I'm not in the Android, um, my Android career, but it gave me, I, I'm, I've been learning more communication, creating content or talks. Because when, when I started with Flutter, I also, is when I also started talking in front of people. And um, that pushed me as well. I've been, yeah, the past year since I became a GD, I was giving more talks on Flutter and, and teaching um, the technology to, to more people. That also um, allowed me to end up in a group called the Flutter Ecosystem Committee, where we are nine people, um, three from the Flutter team and six from the community, where right now, and since a year ago, we are evaluating packages from the community to, to highlight them, and, and which uh, we call the Flutter favorite. And um, with the goal of um, having good quality packages and recognize the work that the community is doing as well. And this is giving me, yeah, I guess, a different view of the tech world as well and and learning i'm learning a lot learning yeah what how do we um assess the quality of a package you know i bring my point of view as a developer for example i can bring any um thoughts that i or complaints that i hear in the community I can discuss these things with people that are working in the framework. And yeah, it's, it, it's powerful. Uh, you, you've now undone one of the things that I love asking people. When I talk about technology, I always ask them, well, if, if you had the ear of the people who were changing this, what would you say you'd like to see in there? But it's like you're, you're one of the people who is the ear listening in. Um, <laughs> So, so it's, it's like, I don't have to ask you, what do you, what do you think the team should hear about? Because you're, you're, you're helping grow that community. You're helping grow that product. And that's, that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I can. I'm doing my, my piece, um, talking to the community, also talking to women and non-binary folks that are also wanting to to learn flutter learn technologies and and they are struggling so i'm also giving a little bit of um coach uh, being a bit of the coach or just i don't like to say coach but i'm just yeah myself and and explaining um how it went for me and 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 things that they can try to 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 move forward and yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, to give back a, a little bit 
uh, in different ways. You touch upon the points for collaboration. Do you think this is something that the developers in the community would benefit more often if they did that? Because I, I find that some of the things that you have been mentioning right now, they, they yeah. definitely talk about more or less collaboration with other developers. So what do you think? Is, is this going to be something that's going to help more developers? Or how is this going to pan out for this? Yeah, good question. I think it, it helps. I've seen it in my husband, for example. He uh, is a developer. He's been working in a software developer for over 10 years. And w before we started going to meetups and, and talking to community, he explains that he was a bit of, um, you know, it lacked this uh, connection to the community. And once he started going to these events and connecting to people, he started learning things super fast. Like suddenly you, um, it, it, I can also say it because I, I go to conferences, I go to meetups, you know, and I learn things faster. Um, by talking to people, watching the, the talks, um, and I'm learning communication, which is very important and it's essential for, for work. This communication skills. Yeah. Paco last episode also talked about the importance of communication mm -hmm. and how it goes beyond the, the coding in a project, but the actual communication with each other and the communication in the code. How do you enhance that? What is some of your mastery techniques for enhancing your communication? Yeah, I, I actually don't have an answer or a, I'd say I, because I, I'm also learning and I also don't, don't do things correctly. I, um, I think we have to be empathetic. We have to, be open when someone says something in a written form or uh, spoken, you have to not take things personal, mm -hmm. um, be open. And if something doesn't sound right, you can always ask back before assuming things. Um, I'm learning, for example, to, to say thank you when I receive any kind of feedback. Um, so it doesn't sound like I am in defense mode, you know, when someone says something and I respond, if I don't say thank you in the beginning, then it sounds like I'm taking it personal or something. And I had situations where, uh, it seemed like there was a conflict, but, um, there wasn't. So now I try to be like, thank you and continue the discussion. And in the end is, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's a learning process and it's a matter of finding what works well and which kind of words I cannot use, for example, and, and learning about, um, all the cultures working with different um, people from mm. different countries, different backgrounds, you know, and be open. Um, also having, um, giving direct feedback is important. It's, it's difficult to do. I still struggle to, to do. Um, but in the end, um, if you want to learn communication and to be a good communicator, you have to be open to, to, to feedback, 
Of course, you need people to give you feedback, direct feedback, receive this feedback. Wow. And yeah, but yeah, I don't have the, the key. I wish I had it. <laughs> it sounds like you have the key and, and it's just you're, you're continuing to refine the key. I, I really <laughs> appreciate the fact that you, you thank people. And, uh, and I said it, I, I will always thank people and tell them that I appreciate their time their information and the like, because I want them not to, to, to know that it's not just simple thanks, but that I value what they've given me. Exactly. Exactly. That's something I also found during this last year that sometimes, for example, let's say your company announces something and you don't like it and you're like, but what if blah, blah. And instead of reacting like this, instead of doing that, I'm trying to to say thank you and think of while I'm I'm trying to give my response mm -hmm. or my feedback I'm trying to think of all the work that has been done behind that announcement like this is not just some someone that came up with an idea and just throw it out um that just threw it but um it's probably a lot of work behind and there are more reasoning so I just need to ask for those reasonings and, and, and understand. First understand, and then I can give you my opinion, right? That's what I'm trying. I'm learning still to do. And yeah, it's difficult, but I'm doing well <laughs> the last months on that. I feel like this topic is something that uh, comes up uh, pretty often. And a lot of people are actually talking about this uh, in their companies too. Uh, it's a very good point that you have made and mostly people are reacting versus mm -hmm. of actually thinking about this. So hopefully as uh, as people start uh, experiencing this more often and also listening to this podcast, they start thinking about this, uh, taking your <laughs> advice. It would be really nice. But we are also talking about some stuff here regarding the leadership uh, that that mm -hmm. affects the the person in their career as they are. Uh, progressing as an employee in the company so what would be your uh, views around like what could be changed in the in terms of how leadership is approached uh, that would simplify the life for for developers or for engineers who are gonna be part of the company sure yeah as i said communication is essential and that goes for developers and managers anyone of course, for for leaderships, uh, for uh, for leaders, they 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 will have um, their responsibilities. They have to take responsibility as well when something happens. And something I find very important that um, a leader has to have is they have to elevate others. They need to make others better. They are there to to help you grow. And, and to do that, they have to give feedback. They have to also be well receiving feedback as of course, um, they, they also have to learn to say no, you know, and, 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 and push back on things, of course. But I think, um, what I found very important and that not everyone does well is elevating others. Yeah. Communication in a leader, it's easy to, to demonstrate um, responsibilities as well, saying no as well, but um, elevating others is not something that everyone does. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very important 
in a in a good leader for me. Laura, I I wish we had more time for for everything, but we do actually keep the entire episode on YouTube, where you can see some of the things we've dropped, as well as the entire interview that we have with Laura. So check out the YouTube episode. That'll be up in a couple of weeks. Laura, it it is absolutely wonderful to have had you on this show, and and I I. I agree with you on on so much that you've said, all of it that you've said. I I hope that we have people listening in who can make who can help make these changes, and and I hope that the the very technical folks who who spend their their time just working on code also reach out and find other things that that can help round them out and and expand their experiences. Laura, thank you so much for being on the show this this episode. Thank you so much for inviting me, Drew and Nishant. It was a pleasure. I'm very happy that you thought of me uh, for inviting me today to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we will have links to uh, to to all the different sites. Uh, we can find you on Twitter at, is it Lariki, L-A-R-I-K-I? Yes, Lariki. Lariki. How did you come <laughs> up with that? It wasn't me. Um, when, so my name is very short, Lara. That, that's, that's it. And I had a f- my best friend when I was, I don't know, 10 or 11. She used to call me Lariki. And I didn't like it because it's like, I have a short name. Just call me by my name. And <laughs> one day she, she recorded me. She got me, copied me a cassette. And then wrote Lariki, <laughs> and it just stayed as my nickname. Yeah, it's stuck. <laughs> yeah. You can you can find Laura on on Twitter as Lariki L A R I K I Nishant, of course <laughs> Nis rules N I S R U L Z. I am podcast Drew D R U, uh, and we really do thank Laura for this episode. Next episode we have uh, Marcin uh, Krzyznowski. And one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to ask you if you want to put questions on for the episode. Uh, listeners, please uh, write into podcast at raywenderlich.com. And if you have any questions, we will ask them to Marcin as well. Um, we, I wish we had gotten the, the chance to ask for questions for this episode because, Laura, you've been an amazing guest. But uh, it's going to draw things to a close for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks with uh with marcin's episode in the meantime for nishant and for laura and myself drew we take it back to the emerald castle ray back to you and that's a wrap thanks again everybody for listening to the raywenderlich.com podcast we hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to leave a rating on itunes see you next time <laughs>